Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Bill Press Pod. Good to see you. Well, it was clear from the Democratic National Convention that Joe Biden wants to build a big tent Democratic Party from moderate left to center Democrats in the middle, like him and Kamala Harris, to older so-called Reagan Democrats on the right and younger Bernie Sanders and AOC Democrats on the left, with a slice of disaffected Republicans like John Kasich and Colin Powell added to the mix. Which sounds good, but there are still rumblings among some progressives who are busting their butts to make Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren the Democratic nominee, that they're not happy with Joe Biden still. They don't think he's progressive enough on the issues. They don't like his support for the Iraq war and the 1994 crime bill. And they're afraid he's gonna to be too willing to compromise with Republicans if he makes it to the White House. But despite their lack of enthusiasm for Joe Biden, I mean, do they really want to risk another four years of Donald Trump? To find out, we decided to ask one of America's leading progressives, Congressman Mark Pocan from Wisconsin's 2nd Congressional District, a big Bernie Sanders supporter and co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Congressman, good to catch up with you. It's been a long time. So thank you for joining us. Uh, let me ask you, Congressman, you were a, a big supporter of uh, Bernie Sanders in the primary here in 2020. Uh, how do you feel that a uh, moderate like Joe Biden ends up being the nominee? Uh, well, you know, this has been an interesting year, to say the least, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> right. I, I traveled uh, for Bernie to Iowa, Nevada, New Hampshire, did a lot of early travel when he was doing um, really well. And I think, you know, with everything with COVID, uh, just the entire snow globe got shaken uh, pretty hard and things uh, clearly changed. But, you know, I'm with Bernie right now. We're excited about uh, making sure that Donald Trump isn't the next president. We've got lots of work to do on that front. And, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that he and uh, Kamala Harris uh, are, are, are elected because it's it's vital uh, for this nation that we uh, have uh, presidents who are adults and have values uh, in office. And we don't have that right now. Uh, so is there any doubt in your mind that the progressives will line up behind Joe Biden? I mean, obviously, they disagree with him on some issues. But yeah. uh, how do you square that circle, if you will? Yeah, I have seen uh, zero resistance from uh, at least, you know, responsible progressive voices. Um, there may be some Russian bots who uh, claim their uh, progressive voices who, who cause some disarray. But really, um, you know, we know we're going to have some work to do uh, in January to make sure that 
progressive values are on the agenda and that we're working hard for those. But we uh, know that we have an open ear in Joe Biden. We certainly don't in Donald Trump. So, yeah, it's it's not even that there's shades of gray right now. There is a white and a black contrast, a very different contrast between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And I think from everything I have seen and, and heard, uh, progressives understand that. Do you uh, ha- has Joe Biden been open to ideas coming from uh, Bernie Sanders, from your progressive caucus, uh, from Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, yeah, I'll give like, Bernie a lot of credit. Bernie, I think, has been, you know, just amazing in how he's, you know, not only strongly supporting Joe Biden, but, you know, doing the right outreach with him. They, they formed, formed those uh, commissions early on to talk about issues that they could work on together. Uh, there is a lot of cooperation even around the party platform, unlike the Republicans who have a dear leader. They don't need a party platform. And, uh, you know, we're even working now on trying to find good people to serve in the administration as progressives. And, you know, uh, that's coming from a number of sectors on the progressive side. So I, I, I do feel that we're going to have um, you know ears that will listen to us. Uh, I think we have to make our cases like we always do. But um, I feel that uh, they have shown um, us in many ways a real openness to making sure that uh, progressive values will be not just heard, but heard and understood in a Biden administration. Uh, what issues are particularly, are you looking for Joe Biden to um you know, maybe come a little farther left than he is yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, healthcare absolutely, you know, is one. I think that's a key issue. You know, obviously, I'm a supporter of Medicare for all, but uh, it's it's an issue that, you know, we need to do any kind of expansion so that people have it. We just saw through COVID even more than ever why that's needed and why we have such strong public support. I think that cli- climate change is an issue. You know, the Green New Deal is something I support that concept because I think it's it's addressing it in the way it needs to with the amount of emphasis it needs to. But uh, I think, you know, where I've seen Joe Biden really connect with it is around the jobs. You know, I've always said that, you know, me, I come from a labor background, Bill, and my, my you know, I, I think of all those solar cells and windmill Blades and other things that we could be making in the U.S. with good family-supporting union wages, um, that uh, would certainly work towards uh, climate change, addressing climate change. So I think there's a real place we can have uh, some policy there. And, you know, I, I personally, I think one of the issues that I've uh, really risen to um, is, is on trying to stop the endless wars and, you know, the fact that we have $740 billion right now going into defense, a 20% increase in the last uh, four years at a time of relative Piece is ridiculous. You know, we need funds for things like healthcare and education, and uh, you know, other programs that benefit people. And so we've got to fight for those. Right. You know, it's interesting um, if you listen to the president in his um, acceptance speech, uh, which rambled on for uh, an hour and ten minutes. It sure um, did. <laughs> he he painted Joe Biden as the. Uh, he may not be so far left, but boy, he's the he, that he's the Trojan horse for people like AOC and Bernie Sanders, and he might have added Mark Pocan, right? Yeah, but, but you know, this is Donald Trump, right? If he if he's breathing, he's lying. So I, I think you know we all understand that. I don't think anyone thinks after having the long career that Joe Biden has that suddenly now he's gonna you know be someone else's person. It's not a believable claim. 
Um, just like, you know, people don't believe he's really religious, no matter how many times he says it, because he's proven it too many other times. In this case, Joe Biden's proven that, you know, he's not a, a progressive. Um, he's a, a more of a moderate Democrat. And those views are his uh, views for decades. And it's not like suddenly uh, he's flipping for anyone. So, uh, you know, you know, that's uh, that's good red meat for the Trump base. But I don't think it brings the type of voter he needs to to actually win across the finish line. Uh, it seems hard to make the case, looking at his 47 years in public life uh, and the record, that Joe Biden is the closet socialist, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> no. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, it, again, it's just beyond belief. And I think that's the thing is he's not going to really score those points like he, he tried to this week. Um, it just doesn't pass decades of people's real experiences. It doesn't pass. You don't have a bunch of progressives saying, oh, yes, we've done it. We elected Joe Biden. Like, right? you know, there's none of this yeah. is there to, to back up that argument. So I think uh, he's going to have a, a hard time making that particular argument stick. Uh, are you worried uh, to look at the other side of it uh, that Okay, at the Democratic Convention, there was John Kasich, right? There was uh, Colin Powell. Uh, there was former Congresswoman Susan Molinari. Uh, worried that Joe Biden might be too eager to compromise, too willing to uh, rush into bipartisanship? Well, that's going to be all of our uh, work on the issues uh, after that. I mean, nothing is wrong with bipartisanship, but you don't want to see someone cave on issues. Because actually, I would argue from my career, you know, Bill, if you can find what you have in common with someone, you'll often find uh, those progressive values have overlap. It's just a matter of convincing someone who thinks they're a conservative that that value they have is actually uh, you know, their value and their value alone, and we can get some things done. So um, nothing wrong with being bipartisan. Not that we wanted to hold up any agenda, though, because I think, you know, some people feel that happened in the first two years of the Obama uh, presidency. Mm -hmm. um, but we absolutely uh, are going to need to make sure that he knows the issues that we think are important uh, moving forward. And I think coming out of COVID, healthcare will still be very prominent. I think investing in infrastructure, something that we strongly believe in, will be very prominent to get the economy back going. So I, I see a lot of places that uh, progressives will agree with the Joe Biden agenda, or you could argue Joe Biden might agree with some of the progressive agenda. Um, but also, I think independents and Republicans would agree with some of those things, too, um, especially when you look at the polling on issues like, you know, health care and infrastructure spending. Uh, speaking of the polling, the one area, if you look inside the polls, where people say that that Biden may have a disadvantage to Donald Trump, although he's doing well in the uh, in the top at the top of the poll is in the enthusiasm factor, the enthusiasm gap. And that's what I, some Democrats I talk to are worried about with the progressive community. Yeah, they might vote, but they're not going to they're not enthusiastic about it. Do you I, sense that? No, no. I have been on so many Zoom events, uh, Bill, as you can imagine, as you probably are yeah. every day. I am not seeing that at all. Um, people understand Donald Trump is, uh, by people's words, a demagogue, a dictator, a despot. Uh, you know, they know how dangerous that is to democracy. And uh, that is well understood because he really does uh, represent all those values and different things that he's done in his actions. So um, I think there is absolutely an interest in getting rid of Donald Trump. Is there main reason going to the poll to elect Joe Biden or to get rid of Donald Trump? It's probably to get rid of Donald Trump. But they have that burning desire for all the reasons I just mentioned. 
And today's podcast, our conversation with Congressman Mark Pocan, brought to you by the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, 1.3 million strong under President Mark Perrone. They are the grocery retail workers who service at our great big grocery chains. Uh, they are the workers in our food processing plants, meat and poultry plants, chemical plants, and cannabis plants all on the front lines during these days of the coronavirus, many of whom have uh, either caught the COVID-19 or too many have actually died from it. We salute the members of the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, thank them for their support of the Bill Press Pod. Check out their website at ufcw.org. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So, Congressman, okay, we're speaking with Congressman Mark Pocan. It's uh, Wisconsin's, do I recall, third or second. is it the first? Second, second district. district. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. yes. No uh, in In Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's been in the news lately, Congressman, for uh, something unfortunate, uh, the police shooting of uh, Jacob Blake uh, and the resulting protests and, in some cases, riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's not your district, Congressman. Uh, but what is your read on what's going on there now? Well, and yeah, it's it's not my district, but it's my hometown. I grew up there, you know, and my mom's still there. In fact, I'm going next week to visit my mom, who's 91, um, when I go down there. And uh, the one gentleman, um, uh, Anthony Huber, who was the 26-year-old um, person with a skateboard that was shot, is the grandson of uh, my mother's best friend who passed away about a year or so uh, ago. So, you know, there's absolutely an understanding of what's going on. And, you know, um, to watch a video and see a police officer uh, fire seven times into someone's back in front of their children at short range clearly shows the policing problem that we are not correcting in this country. You know, we passed a bill in the House to address many of the abuses and changes that we need to have. But if police officers are still this week in America are doing that, we're not succeeding in reforming policing as it needs to be policed. And the fact that, you know, the entire convention this week, Bill, um, is all about, you know, fear of others. And they put that couple from Missouri who had their guns, the fear of others were out right. there. And they're trying to act like that is is the America. But the America really under Donald Trump is that 17-year-old kid who went to Trump rallies and idolizes Donald Trump who went out there with a rifle and the police that didn't stop him when he's walking down the street and they had interactions with him with a rifle. Uh, and then two people got killed uh, who, uh, you know, there's there absolutely no justification for this person. That's murder, uh, what happened. And, 
You know, that's the, the real America under Donald Trump. And that's what I think people have to be afraid of, is that he empowers those who might have fragile personalities or uh, wrong inklings of, of how to act in uh, civilized society to do the very things they do. So they can all be dressed up very nicely on uh, non-socially distanced chairs on the White House lawn. But those the entire week was what drives someone like that 17-year-old to then shoot at people and think they're protecting property as a vigilante as opposed to uh, allowing real law enforcement um, to do their jobs. And the fact that, again, he got a pass from law enforcement just shows us all the more why we've got to really have serious reform of policing in this country. And um, unfortunately, it's happening in, in you know my state and my hometown. In fact, where our business, my mom and dad had a couple businesses in, uh, in the uptown area. I'm, I'm curious to see some of the buildings that burned down, if it was any of the buildings that were uh, buildings that we used to have our businesses in, you know, so it's it's very personal to be able to see something like that. I know many people down there, they're very nervous because of what's all going on. Um, but I think the, the police down there have done a pretty awful job uh, in responding to this. And I think, uh, honestly, we need a little more from the elected officials down there. Uh, I still haven't heard. I don't know. Maybe I've missed it. Why? why the police uh, considered him um, such a threat and why they even showed up, what this domestic violence was all about, what he was supposedly doing wrong. And, and again, he was unarmed, why they felt, this officer felt, uh, shooting him uh, seven times. But you mentioned the 17-year-old. I want, he, he not only got a pass from law enforcement, he got a pass uh, and, in fact, a pat on the back from some people in the media, mm -hmm. uh, including my former co-host of Crossfire, on CNN, uh, Tucker Carlson, the other night, who said, I'm sure you've heard this clip, here it is again. How shocked are we that 17-year-olds with rifles decided they had to maintain order when no one else would? Yeah, that's that's Trump's America. That That's not the convention. The pretty videos and pictures and words that were said during the convention that were still in, intending to put fear in people, the reality is all of that does what we saw in that 17-year-old person who thought that somehow their way of defending America was to go out there with a gun and to shoot people, which, again, without any training or any licensing or anything, is ridiculous. And yet uh, the police gave him the pass. I mean, other media in Wisconsin, we had someone uh, urging other militia to you know make sure they have enough bullets and everything in case. You know, and it was someone who has a, a major Wisconsin program in Madison and Milwaukee. I mean, this is irresponsible, but this is Donald Trump's America. This is what Donald Trump actually is about. And these people are actually parroting what Donald Trump has, has put out there so many times. Can, are you worried, though, that Donald Trump can use this uh, incidences like Kenosha or Portland, Oregon or Chicago or whatever to turn this into the law and order election, right, where Joe Biden's on the side of the... Um, anarchist or whatever, I mean, however he paints it, and he's on the side of safety and keeping cities straight and suburbs safe. He can try, but I think he's failing because, as we know, Donald Trump can never stop. Uh, he, he has no impulse control. And by the fact that you're seeing his movement embrace the 17... 
year-old, I don't think that's embraced by people in the suburbs, that you want a kid going yeah. around with a rifle shooting people. And that went the too far. So where he could, I think, you know, Portland was largely manufactured by him. Um, things in Minneapolis or Kenosha were uh, events that occurred because of policing, um, different events where he could have manipulated it. I think, again, he's failed because he just can't help himself. He goes a little too far in trying to appeal to a racist element in America. And when he does that, um, the people I know in suburbs who may be concerned about what they see happening in Kenosha are also concerned that some kid's going to roam their neighborhood with a gun and have impunity. So, Wisconsin, Congressman, if there's any one state uh, that I think people are looking at to say, has the tide turned at all? It's the state of Wisconsin, which Donald Trump won by 22,000 votes in 2016 uh, for whatever reason, maybe lack of turnout or whatever. What's the mood in, in Wisconsin? How do you read the mood in Wisconsin today between Biden and Trump? Yeah, I mean, we are still a purple state. But two years ago, Tammy Baldwin, who is a progressive U.S. senator, won our state with 11 points. So um, clearly there's capacity for any Democrat to win Wisconsin. And we did that by having increased turnout because in 2016, you're right, we had about a 200 to 250,000 Dem voter drop off people who didn't come out because Hillary Clinton never came to Wisconsin and didn't put any resources into Wisconsin. They assumed too much and people uh, stayed home. Uh, that didn't happen. In 2018, the turnout in Madison, who I know you've been to because we've been yep. there together, 93% uh, turnout we had in the city of Madison in 2018. So Whoa. we will have in 2020 significant increased turnout. It will not be a, a repeat of 2016. That coupled with uh, we're the number one uh, state in the country for farm bankruptcies right now, especially dairy farm bankruptcies. Um, the fact that we didn't bring American jobs back, as Donald Trump promised, uh, you look at all the fact that he's handled COVID awfully and barely mentioned it this week, and yet it's the one thing every family thinks about every single day as they go off to work or go to a grocery store and have to wear a mask and have to wash things after they get home. Uh, that all, I think, will make us in a place that um, you know Joe Biden's been ahead in the polls uh, by higher single digits uh, for the last several months. And I think at the end of the day, I think that will make sure that Joe Biden wins Wisconsin. And uh, we've talked before about efforts um, on Republicans to nationwide, but particularly in Wisconsin, to suppress the vote. And now you've got Donald Trump out there warning about vote vote by mail. I know Wisconsin had some difficulties in the April primary with the vote by mail. Are, are you worried about that? Is the state on top of that? Yeah. So a couple of things I think that are important to note. One, um, our state party chair is uh, Ben Wickler, who used to be the national political director at Move On. He's an organizer oh, yeah. through through and through. And he is Great he's been Great an amazing party chair. So he is ready to make sure that we're getting information out to everyone about voting and, and voting early and getting it done uh, to make sure that you don't have to wait till Election Day in case things are, are bad around COVID uh, to go and vote. But also, you know, our bipartisan elections board voted to send everyone a notice uh, about being able to uh, get an absentee ballot. So, you know, uh, even Republicans we saw in our April election that was very uh, middle of the pandemic and, and there was all kinds of court cases and everything all in the final 10 days, uh, over 70% of the people voted via absentee and we had record turnouts for a spring election. So people like that, Democrats, Republicans, independents would like to vote from home rather than risking getting sick. And uh, so we're just telling people, you know, request that absentee ballot if you haven't already, you're gonna get it six weeks out, fill it out right away because the candidates aren't gonna change. So why wait till the weekend before? 
Uh, drop it in the mail, even though Donald Trump's tried to create chaos with the postal system. Uh, you'll have five and a half weeks for it to get there. And there's a site you can check to make sure it's been received. And if you don't trust the Postal Service because of what Donald Trump's done, drop it off at your city, village, or town hall. It's the same as showing up on Election Day. If people do that and then get their friends and neighbors and coworkers to do that, uh, we will largely have taken care of things early and then we'll do the final get out the vote for Election Day. Right. So you think that the turnout will there'll be more turnout and more people voting by mail? Absolutely, especially given what happened in spring when people told us we couldn't. Um, people in Wisconsin, didn't matter what your political stripe, don't like to be told you can't vote because we've always had some of the highest turnout in the country. We vote. And uh, I think that's going to happen here. Right. So finally, Congressman, let's come back uh, to Washington. And um, there are millions of Americans who were able to get through uh, the economic crisis caused by the, the pandemic, uh, and particularly Donald Trump's lack of leadership on the pandemic. They were able to get through because they got $600 uh, in unemployment benefits. All of that has run out. Uh, and there ain't no more another bill coming along. Why not? Why not? Why isn't there another stimulus pack? And will there be? I hope so. We did a one which had six hundred dollar extension a week back in May. We needed to have it done by the end of July, but the Republicans didn't act until about. 10 days before the end of July, and then they can't even pass their own bill because they don't have enough votes from their members, so they put out something. And then uh, the president uh, did these fake executive orders because they largely won't work that said $300 extra, and then saying somehow states will pick up the rest, which uh, an extra 100 which likely won't happen. But the funding source he's using is the FEMA disaster relief fund, as we're having hurricanes right now in, in the United States, would take money from that, and there's only funds for a few weeks of unemployment, even at that with that money. So again, it's not a real order. It's very much Donald Trump, right? It's it's all flash and no substance. So we need to take care of folks because they're hurting badly because of it. And um, I am hoping that uh, while the Senate went home uh, in August, when we went back to do bills around postal service and other things, that they might uh, they've said they would be open to something maybe in September. Um, you know, if their polling numbers are bad enough, they're going to have to do something. And it's not just that $1,200 check that Donald Trump is desperate to put out there with his name on. It's really the unemployment monies. It's the monies for COVID testing. It's protecting those frontline workers. It's um, helping the state and local governments that desperately need money. Uh, it's helping small businesses that are still have increased demand or decreased demand at no fault of their own. Uh, and folks who are unemployed who've lost a job at no fault of their own. Uh, and part of that helped to the United States Postal Service? Oh, absolutely. In fact, when we passed our bill last Saturday, uh, that was $25 billion, uh, as requested by the Board of Governors, and that's what we had in our HEROES Act as well. We've been very consistent on what they need. And, you know, it's important. It's not just about Donald Trump trying to create chaos around the election. It is about uh, people getting prescription drugs, our veterans and seniors. Uh, most of the people in the VA, that's how they get their drugs. Getting your paychecks, getting packages out as a small business that's already struggling because of COVID-19. Uh, we need to get it done right. All right. Congressman Mark Buchan, all eyes on Wisconsin this they year, sure for sure, more than ever. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good to talk to you. Of course, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate it. And there we go. The strong message from Congressman Mark Buchan. Get out and work and do all you can, progressives, to elect Joe Biden. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. And we ask you as a favor, please subscribe to the Bill Press Pod if you haven't already done so. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, podcast rather, pick up the Bill Press Pod, click on subscribe, and you are in. And we'd also ask you to follow me and encourage you to follow me on Twitter at Bill Press Pod, at Bill Press Pod. Next, a very special podcast with Dr. Bandy Lee. You remember her. She's the one who organized the mental health professionals to write the book, The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, and to join us on our podcast and our special series on The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. Our next podcast will feature an interview by Dr. Bandy Lee with Mary Trump, Donald Trump's niece and author of the new scathing book about Uncle Donnie. Don't miss that next episode of the Bill Press Pod. Meanwhile, stay strong, stay safe. We'll see you later.